Good to jump into God's Word. A good Easter last Sunday and um, a great week this last week. Uh, I would encourage you. It's a cool thing to go read and study. We did a we did a sermon series once called the 40, 40 Days with Jesus after the Resurrection. Uh, his different stories of his his encounters and this time and this season. I encourage you to go just study that and read that. It's it's powerful to see. Uh, this morning we're starting a, a new series called We Are at War. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a little bit proud of something up here, and I know pride's not a good thing, so I'll repent. But that's my handwriting, and you can read it. <laughs> All right, that is a very rare thing for me, because um, I have terrible handwriting. There's a little story here behind the, this series. Um, it, back in the late summer, early fall last year, uh, Chris and I and Joey, that, that was interning with us at the time, uh, we're in the conference room upstairs here, and we were brainstorming and praying and studying, getting ready for the Ebenezer series. Y'all remember Ebenezer back in the fall where we, we took four weeks, and we looked at Old Testament passages about uh, times the children of Israel identified very clear times God gave you victory in your life, gave them victory in battles and, and in situations, and, and they would erect a monument sometimes, and they called it Ebenezer Stone of Help. And it would be a reminder for them six months down the road when life's gotten better and they, they've maybe forgot the time that it was hard and God provided. And also for the next generation, so they'd come by and say, why is that stone there? And they'd be able to say, let me tell you about a time. And so we spent four weeks last fall as a church going through some of our own personal stories and, and, and looking into our own lives and our hearts and saying, where did God give me victory? And let me not forget that. Let me, let me do some things that remind me daily. Maybe put something in your house or just a reminder that Jesus gave you victory in that place. The reason we wanted to do that is so that you could have, uh, you could have the confidence to take courageous leaps of faith in the present. When you remember what God did for you in the past, when you remember the great cloud of witnesses who can testify to the goodness of God, that means no matter what you come into today, you can be confident God is with you. So we got to the end, and we, we, we sketched out these four sermons and the passages we were going to use, and, and uh, we're, we're brainstorming this together. And at the end of it, we, we, both just, we all just kind of looked at each other and said, why are we really doing this series? Why does this matter? And I don't even remember who said it, but we, we got to this idea, this reality, based on our conversations with people that are in our church and outside and in our community, is this reality that we are at war, spiritual war, against an enemy. And sometimes we forget, and so you heard me share last week, I said sometimes you forget that every day you wake up, you think, I'm going to go to school today, I'm going to go to work, I'm going to go to Disney World, <laughs> spring break, I don't know, you're going to go do something, got your agenda, you're going to work around the house, you're going to run errands, you're going to do these things. And so you're stepping in to just do your things, and the enemy is stepping onto a battlefield, and you are too, and you don't know it. And God has given us these things, this armor of God, that might seem like a, a Sunday school lesson, and I think you're going to find more than that over the next seven weeks. These are the things that sometimes we leave the house, like you, you, you heard me say last week, you show up on the battlefield in your pajamas. You don't want to do that. You've not put on the armor of God. He's given you things to go to war. And, and so we're going to talk about that over the, the next the next few weeks. So we, we had this whole whiteboard full of notes, 
This was the last thing we wrote at the top. When we erased it, when we were getting ready to preach it, we took a picture of it. We erased everything on the whiteboard except that. I don't know why. We just left it there. And it was a reminder over the last little bit, every time we'd walk into that room, and we'd be praying for you all. We'd be preparing for Sunday. That this isn't just fun and games. That eternities are on the line. That families, that marriages, that the enemy is seeking whom he may devour, like a roaring lion, Peter said. And we can't just play church. And so it was a reminder, we are at war. And as we were coming out of Easter, Thursday before Easter, I was praying, and Chris, we had another planned series to start this Sunday. And, um, and God just, in my heart, it was late Thursday evening, I said, no, this is where we need to go. And um, so I went and took a picture of my handwriting, because <laughs> I'm proud of it, you can read it. I said, well, use that. So this picture is not, uh, it's not, it's not Photoshop, it's not stolen. <laughs> this is a real picture of a real whiteboard that's upstairs that real broken men that love you wrote on. We're going to spend time in Ephesians chapter 6. Where Paul said some things. He, he had some things to say about this. He'd written a lot in the book of Ephesians. Beautiful, amazing truths. Life-changing theology about God and who you are. How much God loves you. How much he's changed you. How much you find new life in Christ and the power of the resurrection. Not only to give you new life, but to help you live a new life. All these incredible truths and things. And then at the end, he says, a final word. Finally, here's what I want to tell you. In other words, here's something really important to tie all this together. He says, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting, another translation says struggling, against or wrestling against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Now this feels uncomfortable. It's maybe what, not what we always talk about. But as I said last week, we are anchored in the resurrection. If that is real, we believe all the promises and the things that surround it. And here Paul is telling us we are in a real battle. We are really struggling. We are at war against evil, against Satan and his army. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing Firm, do you want to be standing firm at the end of the battle? You want to be standing firm. In other words, he says, finally, don't do this in your own strength. But in the power, in the mighty power of Jesus, I want you to stand. You can't do it by yourself. You're weak. He is strong. Y'all remember that song? He says, you 
got to be stand strong in Christ. Well, the first thing I want you to see is that life really is a struggle. Uh, that's just that's what it is. You're not going to get to that season in life. You, you're going to think it's always going to come. From the time you're four, if I was five, life would be better. Right, Harker's four. I can't wait to be five. Am I five yet? When am I going to be five? From preschool, I can't wait to get to kindergarten. When I get to kindergarten, it'll be better. Then, then middle school, if I could just get to the high school, it'll be better. And get out of high school, I just can't wait to get to college. I can't wait to get out of college. I can't wait to go to training and get, get my job and get into work. I can't wait to retire. Got some amens on that one. And I can, I can say in my life, I've not reached a point yet like I woke up and it was a permanent vacation where everything was perfect. I'm sure there's, there's some people here in their 80s and 90s and say, yeah, yeah I'm still, life is a struggle. Like as soon as you just kind of, you, you put that out of the side, the, the wrong expectation about your day and life, and you, you put the expectation, expectation that everything's going to go perfect and it's right and it's going to be good today. It's not. It's really not going to be good. There's going to be bad things. It's going to be everything from your car breaking down to, to health to, to conflict with people at work and in your family and your marriage and disagreements. And it's going to be in all these places. It, it, it's going to be sometimes like maybe you're like us. You bought a 100-year-old house and you wash clothes and it starts draining and the water shoots out your downspout outside in the yard. And you're going to say, oh, well, what, is, what is going on? And you're going to get mad at people, and you're going to be, you're going to be against people. And this is a reminder that the enemy is not people. The enemy is not your spouse. The enemy is not your co-worker. The enemy is Satan himself. And so I want you to see that the struggle is real. This Greek word, it says it's a contest between two in which each endeavor to throw the other. This is victory is decided when one is able to hold the other one down by the throat. And you see, it, it is not against you and it's not against me. We just joined a victorious team. We joined Jesus' team. And Jesus is victorious and Satan rebelled against him, was prideful, really wanted to be in control, left heaven, took some angels with him, started his own rebellion against God, corrupted mankind through sin. And now he's at war against the church. The church is the army, the people of God. He's against Jesus. Now, there's some incredible things I want to tell you in this. I want to give you some comfort in this. Romans 8.31 said this. I want, to know, I want you to know, if you are a believer, Satan cannot change that. You're going to feel like he's attacking you. He's going to take heaven from you. He's going to get you. What he, he can't do it. Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? That means there's no condemnation. If you are in Christ, 
Satan can't take your sins and your mistakes this week to, to God and be like, look what he did. I'm going to accuse him. And then Revelation, John calls him the accuser. And God's like, whoa, he's in Jesus. Oh, he's righteousness. Then at the end of this, verse 35, it says, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. Pretty simple answer. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Jesus said it like this, I know my sheep, they know my name. No man can pluck them out of my hand. Man, don't you want the God of creation saying that about you? He did. If you're his sheep. Now, the title of this sermon is The Struggle is Real. And that's where we want to start. Life is a struggle. Now, we, we get sometimes, uh, you know, this is, becomes a catchy hashtag in life, right? We say things like, I'm living, breathing proof that someone who struggles with moderation should never buy gummy vitamins. That's, my, that's Harker. He's four. He's a gummy vitamin C. He'd eat the whole bottle in a day if he could. Uh, you can have that pumpkin if you can carry it back to the truck. <laughs> the struggle is real. I really wanted that pumpkin. Uh, it's an invasion. I'm not allowed to touch them. Anyone else know what I'm talking about? And this is a mom to Shopkin kids, and the kid's got this whole army set up. And she says the struggle is real. Maybe this is you. Me, I need to be better about money. Also me. Spends $40 at El Poncho. Uh, and, and so we take the little things in life and we just say the struggle is real. But I want you to tell you the struggle really is real. There really is a war. I can encourage you to say you're on the victorious team. But you see, we are in a cursed and a broken world. We are just pilgrims. Our home is in eternity. In heaven with Jesus, and we're just passing through now a world in which Satan and darkness are all around us. And it will be a struggle until we reach the other side. But there will be a day. There's no more crying, there's no, no more pain, no more tears, no more goodbyes. There will be that day, but until then, life is a struggle. It'll show itself in your, your marriage and parenting and work and relationships and, and, and just all the different places, school and class and on the team. It's going to come out everywhere. The evidence of this struggle is going to be there. Well, what's it look like? It looks like not experiencing the abundance and joy of life. He said, I came so you could have life and have it abundantly. That means every day we should wake up and be like, this is an abundant life. I'm so excited. Everything's going to be perfect today. It's good. I know it's bad, but I'm still happy. Some of you all know a good friend of mine. You ask him every time you see him, you'll say, hey, hey buddy, how are you doing today? Fantastic. You all know the fantastic? You all know who I'm talking about, don't you? 
And I say, you're a liar. <laughs> Just because you're going to pretend and say that, I know life is not perfect. But we should be able to have that perspective from an eternal standpoint. But you, you, when, you, when, you, when you're in the middle of the struggle, it'll come clear when you wake up and you're discouraged about the day. When you dread the day. It'll be clear when something's got a stronghold on you. An addiction of some sort, some level of brokenness. It'll be clear when you're scared about the future. When you're uncertain about your job and your future and school and life and where you're going to go next. That is the enemy's tactic. He's, Jesus said, I'll go with you into the ends of the earth. Why would we be scared about Monday? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if we are anchored and there was no spiritual warfare, we would not be afraid of the future. Or you see in your life that you're not confident that God really could love you. That you've done too much, you've gone too far, you're not acceptable to him. He's just never going to accept somebody like me. I've let him down again this week. There's no way he could still, he could love me. These are the lies the enemy wants you to believe. The, the reality, reality is Satan would, would, would love nothing more. Because here, here's what he, what he really wants to do. Uh, uh, he would love nothing more than you to go to church on Sunday, put on your profile that I follow Jesus, I'm a Christian, and then never live it Monday to Saturday. For you to be an absolute nominal, mediocre Christian. He can't take your salvation, but he can get you discouraged and affect the purpose that God has for you. See, several years ago, something happened here at church when we just moved in here. I had an old cell phone that I left back here in the sound booth. And uh, we would use it to live stream, and we would use it to control some things. I didn't wipe it clean. I just thought, it's church. It's safe. Took the passcode off of it, left it back there. It wasn't just a few Sundays. Uh, somebody stole the phone. And I didn't realize it, but on a Saturday night, I went to war. I got a notification on my current phone that said, hey, you just changed your address for your PayPal account. I went, no, I didn't. Then I got a notification that said, hey, you just changed your online banking password. And I said, no, I didn't. So I get in at the desk at home at my home office at the time, and I, I go in there, and I get a laptop up, and I'm going to war. I'm like, somebody's hacked me. Somebody stole my identity. Bethany, we're both like, what are we going to do? It's like Saturday night at 930. And, and so I get in there. I said, well, I'll just log into our bank account and change the password back. Nope, they changed it to their cell phone number that they text to confirm it. I'm like, oh, man, this is about to get real. Thankfully, I could get in the app on my phone with my thumbprint. And they would try to send money. They'd try to send $400 out of the checking account and then $600 to themselves. I'd cancel it. Like this went on for two or three hours. Literally, somebody would try to send it. They'd try to steal almost $5,000 over time. Ended up being a, a felony. Thankfully, I mean, they weren't going to have any luck doing that. <laughs> but they tried. <laughs> so they, they tried over and over and over. And I'm canceling, I'm canceling. And they, they put their address in, the real address in the PayPal account. And I was like, that's impossible. It was an apartment, apartment number and everything. So I called the police. They went over there. Nobody came to the door. Said, no, we don't have a phone. 
The next Sunday, it's not us, they said at the apartment. The next Sunday, I come in, this was Saturday night, I walk in back there and pick the phone up, turn the lights on and stuff, and there was no phone. I went, oh, somebody has, this is how they have every password to every little note of warning here. Wipe your old phones. They got into everything. You see, I, I was, you know, for 24 hours, 12 hours, whatever it was, I was at war with somebody that I didn't know. And they were trying to, to hurt us and harm us financially. And, and there's always those people seeking to take advantage of you, steal from you, do all these things. I, I, want, I want to tell you the enemy, this guy was an expert at what he was trying to do. Turned out it was in that apartment. I did find my iPhone when I realized they stole my phone. Pinged it in that apartment. They had, and they changed the name of the phone to the guy's name's phone. Maybe not full-on expert. <laughs> the enemy doesn't want to steal your finances. Actually, sometimes he may give you some. But he wants to steal your purpose. He wants to steal your encouragement. He wants to steal your zeal for Christ, your willingness to stand up in hard places and speak up for Jesus, your willingness to forgive those you would never forgive. He, he, he wants to keep you from loving your neighbor like you should love him. He, he, wants to, he wants to just bring all that to just, I follow Jesus and go to church on Sundays. That's where he wants to get you. Yeah, I believe him. Do I follow him? Mm. When it's convenient and I'm around other believers, it's real easy. But when it's with friends who don't, I find myself in a struggle. Struggle is real. Life is a struggle. I want you to know this. There's a real enemy. His name is Satan. I said earlier, it's not your spouse, it's not your friends, it's not, it's not your family, it's not, it's not somebody sitting across from you, it's not your coworker, it's not your boss, it's not any of that. Because the same people could say the same thing about you. There's nobody that wants to sow more discord, division, confusion than Satan himself. And his name is Satan. The Bible says some things about him. I just want to share that with you before we move on here. Satan is a personal being with a mind, emotions, and a will. You remember, he interacts with Jesus, tempts him. He knows scripture, quotes it to Jesus. He is a created being. He is not equal to God. Don't ever get in this mindset that, ooh, like, don't think, I'm going to buy popcorn and see who's going to win here. Satan is not equal to God. God created him as an angel. He rebelled in his pride and rebellion against God. Anything God created, he, can, he, he is over it. Here, here's the beautiful thing. Uh, 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 the devil can only do what God allows. If you go read the book of Job... Every time he wants to attack Job, Satan, he goes to heaven, he goes to God, and he finds him, he says, can I do this to Job? 
You can be certain in your life as you face struggles. And sometimes, let me be honest with you, like I said earlier, the struggle might be comfort and complacency. The struggle might be that we live in America and we just got too much stuff and don't even feel the struggle. But what, 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 he, what, he's, what, what, what he's working to do is that he, if anything has happened to you, God has allowed it. And anything God allows, uh, Peter said, like, if need be, you're going to go through some diverse trials and temptations so I can grow your faith. It's the most important thing. This test is about seeing that God is faithful through it all. So that you can look back in those Ebenezer moments. Like, I remember when he took me through the divorce I thought I'd never get through. I remember when I didn't have a dollar to my name and I was living in a homeless shelter. I remember when I lost my job. I remember when I was sick and didn't think I was going to make it, and now I did. I remember when I lost my, my best friend or my family or my spouse to an illness that I thought God would heal, but he had a different plan. And I can see how he's trusted. I can trust him through that. Satan is not in hell right now ruling it. Hell was created that God's going to send him there eventually for punishment. Satan is ruling as God allows earth at this point. We're surrounded by darkness. Satan is not omnipresent. That means, you know, God's everywhere in all places. Satan is not. He is one person and he roams about like a lion. He does have an army of demons, of spiritual rulers that, that, that at his disposal that he sends about. Sometimes you'll feel maybe evil presence. I've been in situations like, that is evil. Like I could feel it. There's been times I've been in situations I thought, man, that is so holy and good, and later I found out it was evil. Sometimes he appears as an angel of light. He is deceiving. He is the father of lies. He actively works to nullify the effect of words, the word of God in people's hearts. If you're an unbeliever, I was talking to a good friend, got saved and baptized not too long ago, and he said, I, now that I see it, I understand the gospel and the truth of who God is. I look at my friends and other people who, who, who don't see it, who can't get it. You see, they are blinded by Satan. It says they, they, it blinds the intellect of those who do not believe so they cannot understand the gospel. And the only thing that can open their eyes to it is faith. And faith comes by the hearing of the word of God. His truth can open their eyes. Satan is, so we have a real enemy. It's Satan. He, he's got all kinds of schemes and strategies. He's working every angle to find your weakness and attack you. He's going he's gonna to try to fill you up with lies. That you believe as truth. False teachers are going to make you think, man, if I'm good enough, as long as I go to church and I give and do the bare minimum, God's happy with me. Uh, he's going to think, man, just personal growth. In this this, uh, this, this you know, self-help, and if I can just get better and better and give you a heart for that. He's going to make you think it's about religion. He's going to make you think you're not good enough. He's going to make you think you're... you're you, you, you're all the things, you're too far gone, that nobody cares about you, that you're too ugly, that you're too whatever. Like He'll put all these lies in your head to hinder what God has called for you. And all of it's lies because 
The Bible says you are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus. He's going to take things that appeal to your flesh and tempt you, whether it's things in your eyes, whether, whether, whether it's sites on the, that pop up on your feed or on your website when you Google search or that, that, are, that attract you to the wrong places or an attractive person. He's going to take food, this donut out here. I said no before the first service, failed before the second. I love food. I see it. I want to eat it. He's going to put things that appeal to your, your eyes, that, 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 that appeal to your, your senses. He's going to, going to put the possessions and clothing and homes and cars and say, if I just had all those things, I'd be so secure in life. He's going to send you down the wrong path, worshiping the wrong things. And some of you are going to put all your hope in those things, and someday you're going to realize it was wrong. And that your whole life, the enemy had deceived you. Because you woke up every day and you forgot that you were at war. He wakes up every day at war against you and what God has for you. 1 Peter 5 said it like this. Humble yourselves. Therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. When you listen to this, and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself, man, don't you want the king of kings himself to restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast? To him be the power forever. And ever, amen. That was the prayer of Peter. We've got one hope to stand. It says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil and the inevitable agonies and the struggles that you come from. What are we going to take a, take a stand for, for 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 our, our, our community of believers, we're going to take a stand for our families, our, our spouses, and our children. We're, 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 going to, we're going to take a stand for our neighborhoods and our communities. And we're not going to be on defense. We're not running, getting chased. We're going to start waking up on the offense. We're going to see Satan for who he is and the war that we're in. And we're going to finally go to battle on those things. So what, what can I do as we get started? I, I want, want you to think about this. Love your neighbor. Satan doesn't want you to do that. Forgive the unforgivable. Visit the hospitals and the prisons, those who are, who are lonely and on the, the fringes of society. I want you to read God's word faithfully. Read it. 
faithfully, pray diligently, share the gospel. Someone who doesn't know Jesus, be the gospel. Be good news to somebody who doesn't know Jesus. As we get ready to close, I want to just say this. I've studied this passage of scripture, preached on it one other time. Uh, the other time I preached on these, this same passage of verses, we're going to go through three sermons. You're getting seven this time. We're going to go deep on every piece of armor. Next week, we're going deep on truth. What's that mean? Righteousness. We're going to go deep on righteousness. We're going to go deep on peace and the gospel. We're going to go deep on the sword of the spirit. We're going to go deep on these things, okay? Because it's important. Because you've got to know what to put on. But here's the beautiful thing. Here's what I love is whose armor is it? The struggle is real, but God has given you everything you need. It is his armor that all you have to do is pick it up and put it on. You don't have to protect yourself. You don't have to do it yourself. It's his righteousness. Put it on. He is truth. Put him on. It is God's armor. It is in his power. And strength as the worship team comes. God, we thank you. As we've been reminded at this time and this season of our life that, that, that there's no reason to be surprised that there are struggles in our life. That we've been reminded that we do have a real enemy and he doesn't live and walk around and, uh, among us. He is hidden and he's in the unseen. And sometimes he uses good people and, and good situations to, to cast doubt on our own salvation and our relationship with you. Anytime there's confusion, division, he is, he is the architect of all those things. God, let's be reminded today that we are at war and it is your war, not ours to fight. We've just joined the winning team and it's humbling and it's an honor to fight along beside you in your strength, in your mighty power. God, we, we, we thank you for this truth that we know that if this group of people and those in the early service and the, the community believers that are wrapped around new beginnings, man, if we moved out of just being on my profile, I follow Jesus, to on Monday morning in every situation, the grocery stores, to the gas stations, to the classrooms, I'm following Jesus. We could flip this town upside down. You can flip this town upside down. God, call us out of the comfort and the complacency and the willingness to let things go. God, call us out of a, a heart for material things and, and trips that we think will bring us peace. God, God, we say we love you, we'll follow you anywhere, and you say go to Zimbabwe, and we say, but what about our house? <laughs> but I didn't really mean that, but I, I, I want us to get to the heart to where we will go wherever it says go, and the house doesn't matter, the cars don't matter. That our lives and our dreams and our desires don't matter. That we lay our cross down daily. We bear it for you. Because eternity is on the line for friends and neighbors who want to see a church. A church that represents Jesus Christ. 
God, help all your believers in this town and place be that. Be in unity so that our neighbors might know that you love them and that they forever give their lives to you. In Jesus' name I pray.